Well, good morning, church. How's everyone doing today? God is good? All the time? Amen. Is it 2019 yet? Well, if I haven't had a chance to greet you, Happy New Year. Oh, come on. Happy New Year. There you go. Oh, double. Thank you. You already forgot it's a new year. Well, you know, talking about new year, new year's resolutions. There's a survey that says resolutions are forgotten on an average of 13 days later. And so what's today's date? January 13th. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, we, we can't help it, right? We live busy lives and we get distracted and we get unfocused, and, and other things takes place. But, um, but we need to kind of get back to the basics when we think about the new year. Um, like back to my exercise routine. I didn't exercise all through the month of December or November or October. No. <laughs> and dieting, right? Going to all those Christmas parties and celebrations. The New Year is a good time to kind of get back to the basics and get back to a normal routine again. And as I think about that, getting back to the basics, I think of us as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. What are the basics? And I think the one basic thing of all things as I think about that is our relationship with God. We need to think about that. And we need to reflect upon that. And as we begin this new year, we need to think about and say, what is, how is my relationship with God? And it was G.K. Chesterton who, who said this wonderful quote, and it, you'll, you'll see it up here on, on the big screen. It's, he said that the object of a new year is not that we should have a new year, it's that we should have a new soul. That's pretty deep, right? And so when we talk about our relationship with God, as we reflect upon it, uh, we're going to embark upon a new sermon series. And most of you know about it or you've heard about it. And it's entitled Experiencing God. And we've been talking about it for a while. But for the next 12 weeks, that'll be our sermon series. And we're going to get deeper and deeper into the whole concept of what can we do or what should we be doing as we experience God. And it's not just going to be on Sunday mornings. But we're going to encourage you, and Matt's going to speak a little bit later on in the service, that we have this workbook. It's titled, entitled Experiencing God. And I know some of you have already gone through this in the, in the past. And I'm sure if I asked you, uh, you could give wonderful, glowing testimonies of how God has been working in your life as he's gone through this study. And so we're going to be embarking on this journey, experiencing God as a church. And so I would encourage you to get the book. They're going to be available outside on the info table, and, uh, and go through it as we go through each week. And as I said earlier, Matt will speak more, more to that in just a few moments. But I believe with anything else, whether it's exercising or dieting or any other type of discipline, that we need to be intentional. We need to be intentional. It's just not going to happen because other things will begin to crowd it out or take its place. But we need to be very intentional about that. And so that's why, as a church, we're trying to be as an intentional and try to create an atmosphere for you to help you in your own relationship with God and to help develop that 
and to help you grow in that area. So I would encourage you to take part to take part of that. And as I think about that on the book, and you can also see over here, we have a wonderful group of guys um, who built this wonderful set. If you recognize it, it's the burning bush. And it was spoken about in Exodus chapter 3 when Moses went up to Mount Oreb. And he met God face to face, and God was represented in that burning bush. And it was a bush that was burning, but it wasn't consumed. Now, just in case, you see the smoke coming out? We have a fire extinguisher back here. Just in case. No, I'm just kidding. But as I think about Moses, that as he met God, and as we worshipped the Lord today, as we sang worship and said, God, you're holy, remember when, when Moses met God at the burning bush. It was a place. It was a sacred place. It was a holy place. In fact, Moses had to take his shoes off because the place was so holy. And Moses was even afraid to approach the place. But he did. And he had a wonderful encounter with God. He had a wonderful experience with God. And that's the type of experience that we should be experiencing. We may not not have to face a burning bush, but God is present with us. And we need to have that personal encounter and personal experience with God. And so, experiencing God. What is it like to experience God, you may ask? And uh, let, let me turn to John chapter 17, verse 3. And this is Jesus, and it's a prayer. And, uh, and this is what he says. He's praying to God the Father, and he says this. This is eternal life. This is eternal life. So I think about eternal life as a Christian, as a believer in Jesus Christ, that concept, that idea of eternal life is such an important one in our belief system. And we believe as we confess our sins, we ask Jesus to forgive our sins and to become a part of our life. And the end result, our sins are forgiven and we have eternal life. Which means when we die, this physical death here on earth, we will go to heaven and spend eternity, the rest of time and in eternity, with Jesus Christ, with God in heaven. And for most of us, that's our basic concept of eternal life. It's a destination that we'll eventually hit one of these days. But listen to what Jesus said, what eternal life meant. John chapter 17, verse 3. And Jesus said this, he said, This is eternal life, that they, meaning us, that they may know you. He's talking to God the Father. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So you see, the essence of eternal life and the essence of this study of experiencing God, this journey that we're going on, the essence of all of that is for you and me to know God. And to know Jesus Christ, whom God has sent. Now, when I talk about knowing God, it's just not knowing about God. All of us know about God. We know what he's like. We know some of the names. We know his characteristics. We know some of the things that he he did. And we look in the Bible. But it's not just knowing about someone. It's really knowing them. It's having a face-to-face encounter. It's spending time, quality 
time with him. I can ask you this question. How many of you know my wife, Debbie? Most of you say, yeah, I know her. I can describe her to you. She's this tall or this short or tall. The color of her hair, the color of her eyes. I can tell you about her personality a little bit, tell you a little about her history. So you may know her, but do you really know her? I don't think you can really know her unless you spent some quality time with her. Would you know her heart? Would you know her deepest desires? Would you know her, the, her struggles, her fears? Would you really know her, or would you just know about her? That's what we need to do with God. Not just know about him, because we've read the Bible, or we've come to church, or we've sung the songs. But do we really know him? Have we really met him face to face at that burning bush like Moses did? That's what experiencing God is all about. That's what eternal life is all about. So that we would know, know in the deepest sense who God is. So knowing God does not come through a program. It doesn't come through a method. And what we have here is a great resource. It's a great tool And we think it's a wonderful tool. But there are other tools as well. But knowing God doesn't come through just going through a program. But real Christianity is not merely a religion. It's a relationship. And it's a personal relationship with a person. And that person is God himself. And it's a unique relationship that's unique for you and for you and for you and for you and for me. Because it's a personal relationship. All right? And so, it's an intimate love relationship with God. And that's only where it starts. I believe most of you, if not all of you, are in a relationship with God of some sort. Some of you have been in that relationship for many years. Some of you may feel very close to God. There may be others here who are perhaps a little bit farther away from God. But you're in a relationship with God of some sort. But that's just the start. As we experience God in the next few weeks, as we discipline ourselves to to read the Scriptures and to memorize them and to pray and to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives, through this relationship, as that relationship grows, God will reveal His will for each and every one of your lives, which is very different. It's different for you than it is for me. But as that relationship develops, he'll tell you, he'll show you, he'll reveal to you what it is that he wants you to do or who he wants you to be. And then he invites us. He invites us to join him, to join him in his, in his work, in his wonderful, masterful, redemptive work. And when we're obedient to God, when God says, like he said to Moses, Moses, I want to use you. I want to use you. I want you to go to Pharaoh and go and free my people. When we put ourselves at God's disposal, God will have a task for us to do. And we have to be willing to accept that. And as we do that, he'll reveal his will to us. And in turn, as we obey, God will accomplish miraculous things. See what he did with Moses? With all the other characters in the Bible? With people right here in our own congregation? as they've allowed themselves to be used by God and was obedient to God and surrendered their lives to him, God says, 
I want you to do this for me. I want to use you. And God uses you. And other people are blessed. And God is blessed. And the kingdom of God expands. But God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us here this morning. And as we experience God, that will be revealed to us. And so, as you are being obedient to God, as you are following in His will, doing what He asks, you will come to know God in a more intimate way. And that's the experience. That's part of experiencing God as well. Let me tell you very briefly, I, <clears throat> my testimony, and I don't have enough time to share all of it, but as I think about what I'm talking about today, about following God's will, experiencing God, you see the subtitle, it says, Knowing and Doing the Will of God. And a question perhaps we need to ask ourselves this morning is, do I know what God's will for my life is? And am I doing God's will for my life? That's all part of experiencing God. So as I think of my own life, I grew up in the church, in the Salvation Army Church. My parents were Salvation Army officers. They were pastors. So for many years, I went to church. I did all the things that the pastor's son would do. But I realized that my religion, it was a religion, was the religion of my parents. It wasn't my own religion. It was the culture I was brought up. It was expected of me. And not until I was a young adult, when I was in college, when I had to come to terms with God himself, when I had a personal encounter with God, just between God and Phil. Had nothing to do with my parents. Had nothing to do with my church. And that's when God spoke to my heart. And that's when I had to come to terms as an individual, not as a little kid following my parents' coattails. But I came into a personal relationship with God. And it was a real relationship. It wasn't just an artificial one. And I tell this to lots of parents with young kids who are raising your kids in the church. It's wonderful. But there comes a point in their life that they need to make their own decision. They need to come to terms with God themselves individually and purposefully. And so I did. And as a young adult, and I began to develop my relationship with the Lord. I spent more time in prayer. I spent more time in searching his word. I was in small groups. And my faith grew. And that's when God started to reveal his will for my life. Remember, experiencing God, knowing God's will, and doing God's will. The closer we get to God in our intimate relationship, the more God will reveal himself to us. And he says, Phil, this is what I want you to do with your life. I want you to serve me. And I want to, and he was very specific. He says, I want you to serve me as a Salvation Army officer, as a pastor. Even though I had turned my back on my church and turned myself to the Lord, the Lord says, go back to your church, because that's where I want you to serve. Just like he said, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. I just came from Egypt. He said, go back. This is how I can use you. And so I said yes to the Lord many years ago, over 30 years ago, to become a Salvation Army officer. And it was in obedience to the Lord. It wasn't anything else. And the Lord, because of that, when we obey the Lord and submit ourselves to him and surrender to him, 
He opens doors that you would never have dreamed of. And as I look back over the past years, the Lord took me overseas to serve in a missionary uh, foreign country. The Lord took me to different churches and different positions and lots of different areas. I would have never dreamed about that in those early days. I would have never dreamed of coming to Hawaii or building the Croc Center. But the Lord said, this is what we want you to do. And we obeyed the Lord. And it's a blessing. We did not choose to come here. We just were obedient. And if for some reason the Lord says, Phil and Debbie, tomorrow we want you to go to Timbuktu, we would go because we'd be obedient to the Lord. If that's what the Lord wants us to do. But because of that, I have been so blessed. Because I know that I'm right where God wants me to be. I'm right in the center of his will. And, if, and that's the best place to be. And God gives me that joy. He gives me the strength. There were times when I was totally out of my comfort zone. But God says, go. He said, go to that foreign country. I don't understand the language. The conditions are very rough. But he said, go. And we went. And it was a wonderful experience. And so as we think about that, as we think about our own relationship, it's more than just a relationship we have. It needs to be developed. Because God does want to use each and every one of you, no matter where you are, what circumstance you're in, what season you're in, God still has a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. And it's our job to discover what that is and then to be obedient to that. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And my life is full because I'm serving the Lord. And the Lord is using me in all kinds of ways. And so as we continue, and we're going to get deeper and deeper, and there's just a lot of good material in the workbook, and I encourage you to to become a part of that. Um, You're going to have your testimonies too. And God is going to work some miracles in your life. And I'm going to to ask um, Christo to come up to just share her story uh, she went through uh, the Experiencing God workbook last year as part of the Women's Bible Study. And uh, I think she has a great story to share. And then after that, Matt is going to share a few things, too, about Experiencing God. So, Crystal? Good morning. Um, so, as Major Phil said, I took Experiencing God about a year and a half ago with Major Debbie and the Women's Study. Um, and through taking Experiencing God, I really learned that if I choose to follow if I have chosen to be a follower of Christ and that if I have surrendered it all for him, that I must trust him. And in so growing my relationship with God and trusting God, I have learned that God only wants the best for me and my life. So therefore, my love for God has really taught me that whatever God commands of me, my answer is always going to be Yes. During the study, I had wrote several times that I felt like God was calling me to write for our church in some way. And then about six months later, I took the growth track class that Matt teaches. And I had shared with him also that I felt like God was calling me to write for our church in some way. And he brought up the idea of putting together a blog for our church. Although I felt apprehensive and, you know, you question, am I enough? I knew that was God. I knew God was calling me to take on 
writing the blog. And so my answer was yes, and I was able to do that with him, and now I'm writing for the church blog. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Excellent. It's always cool in growth track with two stands because we found out his Bible plus my stuff, straight to the ground. So in growth track, when new people are coming to the church and we're, we're walking through that four-week class, it's super cool because we're always asking the question, what is God doing? Why is he bringing these people into this faith family? And we get to see how their gifts and uh, the shape, the way that God has shaped them, uniquely fits into what he's doing in this church. So it was really cool to have someone with a journalism degree come in and God had placed on her heart a desire to write, and we're like, oh, we got things for you to write. So it's it really, really exciting uh, to see that. I am really excited about experiencing God, and I've been looking forward to this uh, for a long time. My, similar, my testimony is very similar to majors. Grew up in the church. My parents were my pastors for most of my early years. And so I just got inundated with the Bible and good biblical teaching. And this was just my world was the church. But like him, uh, like he mentioned, it's just, it was not real for me. And uh, God really used Experiencing God, the, the book, in my life um, to open my eyes to this idea that God desires a real practical, intimate relationship with us. I, I understood, and I knew God. I knew a lot about God. I led Sunday schools, and, you know, like I could just rattle off facts about God, but it wasn't until the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to the scriptures that are in this uh, workbook and, and the way that it's taught to really see that God is not just out there, that he is walking with us and wants to guide us and lead us in real ways, practical ways, where we would come to know him by experience. And not because my dad had an experience or he explained to me that that's the way God works, but it was my experience and became my testimony of what he did last week. And then again tomorrow, and there's that excitement that comes when you know God and you become intimately involved with him on a daily basis. So that's why we're we're excited for this series, for everyone to get into it. And my job today is just kind of Uh, really briefly walk through some of the um, practicalities of the format of the book and and what we're going to be doing in this sermon series because it's a little different than uh, in the past when we just have a sermon on a Sunday. So we're going to go through a couple things. So actually, real quick, yesterday we had our Croc Center, so the whole center open house. Hundreds of people from the community came and I got the opportunity to do a couple tours. And twice when we walked in the room, we had this, you know, non-burning bush burning and a big sign over there, it said Experiencing God, and people walked in and went, oh, you guys are doing Experiencing God? I know that study. I went through with my church, and I've led other people through it, and so it was really cool just to see how God had used this material before in their life. And it was funny, when we first announcement, announced it, I think I was doing announcements, and I said, we're doing Experiencing God. Someone in the back was like, whoop, whoop. So <laughs> there's other people who are excited, which is fun. So um, here is the book. First off, I just want to show you, this is the workbook. It is not a book with chapters that you read right? It's a workbook. So it's, it's daily uh, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes at the most readings that you go through. And it's very interactive. So it's going to, every couple paragraphs, it'll ask you a question. There'll be fill in the blanks or check boxes or, or whatever it is that we're going through. So it's, it's very interactive. And there are five days to be completed in every week. Each unit has five days. So you got two days off or two days to play with. And one of the, the great things about this material having five days is that it, for those of us who don't have a time and a place with God every day, this can help build that 
uh, discipline, the foundation of that relationship with God into our life. So that's one of the best things I've seen as I've gone through with people is that halfway through the book, people are getting into that rhythm, that routine where there's a time and a place. And so that's the first thing I would just encourage you if you're, as, you're, as we go on this sermon series, make sure you have a time set aside and a place set aside and then commit to making that sacred. That time with God is so huge as we're abiding as Christians in the love and relationship with Jesus Christ. So first thing, find that. In fact, um, I can promise you, or rather the Bible will promise you, here's a Hebrews 11.6. Let's look at this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So if you will come every morning and pray and open yourself up to what the Holy Spirit wants to teach you in his word, he will guide you. He will reveal himself to you, show you where he is working, and and you'll have the opportunity then to adjust your life and join him where he's working. So that is exciting. By the way, this is one of our memory verses, which brings me to the second thing. We as a whole church, both 8 and 10, are going to be memorizing scripture together. Ah, see, I was was expecting like, woo! (laughs) We're going to work on a memory verse together. So if you're not already memorizing scripture, this is your chance. Every week, we're going to be working on, this is a single verse. There are a couple that are like one or two verses, but by then we'll be pros, and it'll be super easy to memorize multiple verses. Um, If you want to get a jump start on next week's, the one that we're going to say together as a group, next Sunday, it's this one, John 15, 5. Let's just say it right now. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We even may have fun with that and do like Sunday school things where we take away some words and we all say it again and we take some more away until we've got it. So definitely don't count on Sunday to be the time to memorize it. You will look weird. You, gotta have, you have to already have memorized it before you come. So we're going to work on this. We know the value of hiding God's word in our heart, and this has it built in every single week. So that's one of the things we'd love to have you commit, with, commit to. And then finally, um, as we go through this, we know that God has created us to live life in community. The whole Christian journey should not be lived alone, right? We need other people. God has uniquely placed you in a church with family that can love you in unique ways. So we've got small groups and ohana groups and, and even smaller groups and Bible studies. There's, there's ways for you to get connected. But for this sermon series, we are strongly encouraging everyone to find someone else that is going through this study and meet with them on a regular basis. So we are, that could be your ohana group. Like my ohana group's gonna meet at my house and we're gonna, we're gonna have discussion questions that we go through as a group. But it could be as simple as just turning to the person next to you or calling up a you know, friend in the church and going, hey, can we meet to discuss this? And the format and what that looks like could be anything. Um, but just we're encouraging you to get in. Each one of these things that you could commit to will just increase your um, engagement into this. Obviously, accountability comes from meeting with people. So you add all this in, and, and we know that the Holy Spirit, uh, through these disciplines, will move. And so that's what we're really encouraging everyone to do. The discussion questions, you can get those in two ways, and they'll come every single week. Uh, the first is in the Croc Church app, which we encourage everyone to download that. Um, if you go to the Ohana Group section, and you click on that, you'll see the discussion questions. You tap that, and it loads right up, and you can just use that anytime, anywhere. But if you'd like a printed version, every Sunday they'll be out on the table, which leads me to the second thing that's in the app, 
And that is today, all the books, if you'd like to purchase a book, they're $15 and they're out in the lobby. And you can sit right now and purchase the book on your phone. Go to the bottom of the home screen. You'll see our bookstore. Very easy because there's only one book in the bookstore. This one. So <laughs> you will not buy any other weird books by accident. It's just this one. It's $15 and you just show your confirmation email at the, to the volunteers at the info table. And they'll hand you however many books you ordered. So if you have any questions about any of that, you can come and contact uh, me or the info table, and we'll get it all sorted out. We're very excited about what, this, what God's going to do in this study. We're, we're really hoping that because of our engagement in the Word of God, together as a family, and opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, that we're going to see God move in awesome ways over the next three months, 12 sessions. It's a nice, big, long sermon series. So I'm going to hand it back over to Major to wrap up. We would love to have donations to allow other people to have the book. That would be awesome. So you can also purchase books for other people or do that at the info table as well. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Matt. Just to let you know, if any of you men are in my Monday night men's Bible study, we will be doing Experiencing God, so make sure you grab a book. Well, I'm going to ask the worship team to to come back up, and we're going to to close uh, this morning. I want to close on a note, um, kind of going back to what we said earlier about experiencing God just within your own, between you and the Lord. You know, I quoted that verse, John chapter 10, verse 10, that Jesus says, I have come that you might have life, that you might have life to the fullest. And perhaps there's some people here this morning who may be frustrated in your own Christian experience because you know that God has a more abundant life for you than what you have experienced so far. Perhaps you've been a believer for many years. Perhaps you've been coming to church for many years, but but your Christian life has become dry and monotonous. And, And maybe you've heard others excitedly talk about what God is doing in their lives, and you long to have a dynamic walk with God as well. Or you may be sincerely seeking in your life and desiring God's direction for your life and ministry. And you may be asking God, what is it that you want me to do with my life? How can I be used by you? Or maybe you've just experienced tragedy in your life. And you may be broken and you don't know what to do. But whatever your present circumstances may be, our prayer is that during this campaign, during these next few weeks, that you'll be able to, through the help of God's Word and through the help of His Spirit and through the help of you opening your heart and your life and surrendering to His will, that you will be able to do some of these things. And I have a list here up here. Number one, we pray that you'll be able to hear what God is speaking to you. Because God is speaking to us all the time in many different ways. And sometimes we're just not listening. So sometimes we need to cut all the other noise out and focus again and allow ourselves to hear what God is saying. And then we need to continue to pray, number, number two, that we can clearly identify God's activity in our life. 
Because whether you realize it or not, God is active. He's working actively in your life and in your surroundings and in your circumstances. And I pray that during these next several weeks that you'll be able to clearly see that and identify that. That yes, that is of God. And he's blessing me with this. And then thirdly, we pray that you would believe God to be and to do everything that he has promised us. And his word is full of promises. And our faith, my prayer is that all of us, our faith would increase during this time as we become more aware of who God is. And then number four, I pray that we'd be able to adjust our beliefs and our character and our behavior to him and to his ways. We all have character flaws. We all have weaknesses. We all have blind spots. And I pray that during this time, God would reveal some of those things to us. And he may do it through a friend or through someone else. But that we would be humble enough to receive that and to say, yes, God, I know you want what's best for me. And I need to change this or I need to adjust that. And then number five, I pray that we would recognize a direction that God is taking us in our life and identify what he wants us to do. As I said earlier, God has a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. It doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, what season of life that you're in, God has a plan and a purpose. And I hope that we can recognize the direction that God is taking us in. And then number six, that we would clearly clearly know what we need to do in response to his activity in our life. Just like Christo obeyed and responded. He says, yes, I'll step out of my comfort zone. I'll write that blog. It's like Moses who said, yes, Lord, I'll step way out of my comfort zone and I'll go back to Egypt and I'll represent you there. But when God gives us his word, I pray that we would have the courage and the boldness to respond and to obey. And then lastly, I pray that we would experience God doing through us what only he can do. Remember, it's not about us. It's all about God. And God is the God of the impossible. And God can do anything. He can do anything if we just allow him to. The worship team is going to sing a song. And what I have in front of me is a little container of Play-Doh. And there's a bunch of containers. There's one over there and one over there. And there's a bunch of these little tiny containers of Play-Doh. And I know some of you don't like Play-Doh, but your kids do. But the neat thing I like about this is this piece of whatever this is is soft. And it can be molded. And I can make it into any shape that I want to. Because it allows me to. That's just the way it is. And it reminds me that in the hands of God, 
We need to place our lives like that piece of Play-Doh. And we have to say, God, I know you love me. God, I know you want the best for me. And if that's the case, why wouldn't I let you do whatever you would want? Why wouldn't I let you and allow you to mold me and shape me into exactly what you would want me to be and to do? And so as the worship team sings this beautiful song, it's a song of dedication, it's a song of commitment, it's a song that says, I give myself away to you, Lord, use me, mold me, shape me into what you want me to be. I encourage you to pray and allow God, the Holy Spirit, to speak to your heart. And then perhaps as an act of commitment, as an act of commitment to go through experiencing God with us, or maybe just a personal act of a commitment, as they're singing, I encourage you to come up and just take one of these little containers of Play-Doh. And as you, whatever you do with it, put it in your car, or your desk, or home, as you see that, maybe you take it out and let the kids play with it, but let it serve as a reminder that we need to be like this piece of Play-Doh in the hands of a loving God. So let's do that. Let's hear the song. And you come up as the Lord leads you, and you make a fresh commitment to Him this morning. Heavenly Father, that is our prayer this morning. Here I am, Lord. Use me as you see fit. We thank you because you're just an amazing God. Holy and righteous and just, but so full of mercy and grace and forgiveness. And you love us, Father, with an everlasting love. And your desire, Lord, is to love us and to use us, Lord, for your honor and for your glory. And so, Father, I just pray right now that we rededicate our lives to you. We affirm that you are a good God and that your plans and your purposes are pure and true and good. And, Father, even as we embark upon this journey as a church, experiencing God, I pray, Lord, that even right now you begin to speak to our hearts. Remind us again, bring us back into our memory all those verses of Scripture and all the things we've learned that talks about who you are. And remind us again, Lord, because sometimes we are a forgetful people. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Help us, Lord, to be disciplined in our time spent with you because we value you and we value our relationship with you and we're willing to make time and energy and effort to spend that quality time with you. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Continue to pour out your blessings and shower us with your love and with your mercy and with your grace. And, Father, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you.